The following article from our Knowing and Doing Quarterly Journal is brought to you by the C.S. Lewis Institute. Our prayer is that this talk will help to deepen your faith and draw you closer to God. The Place of Fasting in the Christian Life by Dr. Tom Terrence, Vice President for Ministry and Director of the Washington Area Fellows Program of the C.S. Lewis Institute. Judging from recent research and anecdotal evidence, it appears that very few professing Christians in America think fasting has a place in the Christian life. Available evidence shows that we much prefer feasting. Yet, from the earliest days of the Church, fasting has been recognized as an important way to draw near to God, deepen one's relationship with Him, and seek His help in times of special need. Nearly all of the great spiritual leaders of the Church, as well as ordinary believers who have been noted for their devotion to God, have practiced fasting. If you desire a deeper, more intimate, and fruitful relationship with God, or if you need His help in a time of real need, fasting is an important means of grace to practice. This article will provide helpful understanding and practical guidance for anyone who wants to experience this blessing. The best place to start is with a definition of fasting. In the Old Testament, the main Hebrew word used is tzom, which means to abstain from food. In the New Testament, the Greek word we translate as fast is nesteuo, which means to abstain from eating. In both Testaments, fasting is simply going without food in order to seek God for some special reason. Although the purposes for which we seek God may vary, going without food does not. This is an important distinction, because today there is a tendency to expand the word fasting to include things other than food, such as television, movies, internet, social media, or cell phones. Although it is certainly right to abstain from any number of things that are hindering our relationship with God, that is not what the Bible means by fasting. Such abstaining is better described as saying no to some form of worldliness or harmful fleshly indulgence. To reiterate, in the Bible, the word fasting means going without food, the purpose of which is to earnestly seek God in prayer. To reiterate, in the Bible, the word fasting means going without food, the purpose of which is to earnestly seek God in prayer. People unacquainted with fasting may not see any compelling reason to do it. Various ideas come to mind to justify ignoring the practice. It would be too hard. It would make me miserable. It has been abused in the past. It might harm my body, and so on. This raises a natural question. Why would anyone want to go without food? The basic answer is that we are weak and needy people, and life is sometimes extremely difficult. Fasting is God's appointed way for us to cry out to Him in situations of special need. If, as John Stott suggests, Jesus' exhortation to ask, seek, and knock in prayer, Matthew 7, verse 7, may deliberately be in an ascending scale of urgency. We might think of prayer with fasting as knocking loudly on the gates of heaven. We resort to fasting out of a deep sense of our weakness and need 
in order to seek God in a more urgent, earnest, and heartfelt manner for something of great importance to us or to His kingdom. It is a response of faith to God's promise. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Jeremiah 29 verse 13 And call upon me in the days of trouble and I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. Psalms 50 verse 15 Fasting shows God that we are desperate for his help and seeking his attention by the extraordinary measure of forsaking our necessary food so that our voice might be heard on high. When we come to God in this way, privately and out of public notice, fully aware that we deserve nothing from Him and can earn nothing by fasting, but that He is a gracious, generous, and loving Father who cares about us, we can be sure that God does indeed hear. Matthew chapter 6, verses 16-18 through 18. Of course, this does not guarantee that He will grant exactly what we seek. He may or may not. Ultimately, in His wisdom, He will give us what He knows is best for us in this situation. What are some of the reasons biblical people fasted? They cover a range of things, including national emergencies, deliverance from danger, protection, help in sickness or some other difficult situation, special guidance, and humbling oneself before God and drawing near to Him. Sometimes, grief, mourning or lamentation, or sorrow over a particular sin or sins were reasons for fasting, as well as breaking bondages to certain sins. Fasting is also connected with seeking deliverance for the oppressed. In some instances, it is involved in receiving revelation from God. Some Biblical Examples In the Old Testament, every Israelite was called to fast on the annual Day of Atonement, Leviticus 23, verses 27-28. through 28. This was a sign of humbling and repentance before God as they sought His forgiveness for their sins. Moses fasted from food and water in two back-to-back -back fasts, fasting a total of 80 days while he was meeting with God on Mount Sinai and receiving divine revelation. Exodus 34, verse 28, and Deuteronomy 9, 9 through 10, 10. Daniel observed a partial fast for 21 days, at the end of which God gave him revelation into important aspects of Israel's future. Daniel chapter 10. Hannah was barren, heartbroken, and desperate for a child. She sought God in prayer and fasting, and he answered her with the birth of Samuel, one of the great leaders of the Old Testament. 1 Samuel 1, 1-20 While exiled in Persia, Ezra was commissioned by the king to help with the restoration of Israel and the proper worship of God. He proclaimed a fast among the Jewish exiles to ask God for safety and protection on the dangerous journey he and others were to take back to Israel. God answered them. Ezra chapter 8, 21-23 Also while in exile, Nehemiah, deeply grieved about the condition of Israel and especially of Jerusalem, began to fast and pray. God gave him favor with the king and answered with a commission to return to Jerusalem and rebuild the city's walls. Nehemiah 1, 1-2 
through 2.8. Times of national emergency or disaster were reasons for the whole nation to seek God's help through prayer and fasting. Esther called all the Jews to fast to prevent their impending destruction. Esther 4.16 God graciously answered. When King Jehoshaphat was told that a vast army was marching toward Judah to attack, he set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. 2 Chronicles 20, verse 3 God answered with an extraordinary deliverance. God even answered the fasting, prayer, and repentance of Nineveh, the cruelest, most vicious, and bloodthirsty nation of the ancient Near East. Jonah chapter 3. In the New Testament, fasting continues to have a significant place in the life of the church and of individual believers. We see prophetic words given to Jesus' parents by the prophetess Anna, who did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. Luke 2.37. Jesus himself fasted for 40 days in preparation for his public ministry and for the ability to overcome the devil's temptations to derail it. Matthew 4, 1-11 Jesus clearly expected that his followers would fast, Matthew nine fourteen to 15 and said that if they did so with proper motives, God would see and reward them, Matthew 6, verses 16-18, just as he rewards those who pray with proper motives, Matthew 6, verses 5-6. The Apostolic Church took Jesus' teaching on fasting seriously. After being blinded at the sight of Jesus on the road to Damascus, Saul of Tarsus fasted for three days. At the end of this period, Jesus sent Ananias to pray for him to recover his sight, be baptized, and filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 9, 1-19 Fasting was a prominent factor in one of the most significant events in mission history the launching of the first missionary journey in the history of the church. While Paul and Barnabas and three other friends in the church at Antioch were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Acts 13, 1-2 The church, after a time of fasting and prayer, sent them off on a mission of evangelism and church planting. On their journey, Saul and Barnabas established churches and appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting. Acts 14.23 Fasting in Subsequent Church History In the early church, fasting was highly valued. Those who could do so fasted on Wednesdays and Fridays until 3 p.m. But in the 4th century, with the rise of Constantine and the end of persecution, the church changed dramatically. Worldliness and institutionalism increased markedly, bringing an emphasis on form, ritual, and liturgy. Fasting became more legalistic and, for many, works-oriented. In spite of abuses, Augustine, the Desert Fathers, and other godly people continued to commend its frequent, proper use as an important practice for spiritual life and growth. In the 6th century, fasting was made obligatory at the Second Council of Orleans. 
During the Middle Ages, many additional obligatory fasts were added. This only worsened the problem of legalism and works righteousness for many people. On the positive side, however, the Irish monks who evangelized England and Northern Europe during this period practiced fasting and prayer to good advantage in their missions. The Protestant reformers rejected obligatory Catholic fast days, but cautiously retained fasting as a valuable practice. Martin Luther and John Calvin praised its value and encouraged its proper use. Jonathan Edwards and John Wesley strongly commended it to everyone, especially to those in ministry. Wesley found fasting so important that he would not ordain anyone who did not fast two days a week. In England in 1756, Wesley saw and praised God's remarkable response to the king's proclamation for a national fast that averted an imminent invasion by the French. In the 20th century, Dietrich Bonhoeffer and C.S. Lewis are among many leaders who practiced fasting and encouraged others to do so. In 1940, Lewis and all of England saw God's incredible answer to the National Day of Prayer proclaimed by King George VI, which was manifested in the miraculous deliverance of 338,000 British troops at the Battle of Dunkirk. No doubt, many of the faithful were also fasting in that desperate situation. In all periods of history, there have been those who lacked money for alms and have fasted a day or two or three, using the food or money saved to feed those more impoverished than themselves. Looking back over church history from his day, Princeton theologian Charles Hodge summed up the history of fasting in this way. All eminently pious persons have been more or less addicted, as in, often practiced, this mode of spiritual culture. Why fast today? As we saw earlier, Jesus clearly assumed that his followers would fast, though he gave no details about how long or how frequently. This means that it is up to the individual to discern the type, timing, and length of their fast. The reasons that we might fast today are similar to those of believers in past generations. To subdue the flesh and humble ourselves before God and draw near to Him, Psalm 69.10 and 35.13. As a part of life of worship and devotion to God, Luke 2.37, to express sorrow and repentance for our sins and ask God's help in breaking their power in our life, for power to resist demonic temptation and attack, Matthew 4.1-11, for the Holy Spirit's vision guidance and empowerment in ministry, Acts 13, 1-4, for the Holy Spirit's vision, guidance, and empowerment in ministry, Acts 13, 1-4, to seek deliverance for the oppressed, Isaiah 58, 6, for the revival of God's church, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, for protection of the nation in times of great difficulty or danger, 2 Chronicles 20, 1 through 4, for national repentance and mercy when God's judgment of sin is at hand. Jonah chapter 3. It is important to note that church leaders throughout the centuries up to the present 
both Catholic and Protestant, have testified to the great value of fasting in subduing the flesh and helping one become more open and sensitive to the Holy Spirit's operations, guidance, and strengthening. Dangers to Avoid in Fasting Common spiritual dangers in fasting include developing spiritual pride, which makes us think we are better or more spiritual than those who don't fast. Formalism, which turns fasting into a routine devoid of its meaning and purpose, and hypocrisy, in which we try to impress others with our fasting, a perennial problem that Jesus especially warned about. Matthew six sixteen through 18 Legalism is another common danger in fasting and involves regarding it as a means of earning a better standing before God and thus better access to His blessings. This happens when we come to see fasting as something we do for God that obligates Him to do something for us. It is a quid pro quo mentality in which our fasting funds a heavenly debit card that we can draw upon in some transactional way. John Wesley cautions, Let us beware of fancying that we merit anything of God by our fasting. We cannot be too often warned of this, inasmuch as a desire to establish our own righteousness, to procure salvation of debt and not of grace, is too deeply rooted in all our hearts. Fasting is only a way which God hath ordained, wherein we wait for His unmerited mercy, and wherein, without any desert of ours, He hath promised freely to give us His blessing. John Calvin says much the same thing. The Proper Approach to Fasting Wesley gave some helpful guidance about the right way to fast. First, let it be done unto the Lord with our eyes singly fixed on Him, Let our intention herein be this, and this alone, to glorify our Father who is in heaven, to express our sorrow and shame for our manifold transgressions of His holy law, to wait for an increase of purifying grace, drawing our affections to things above, to add seriousness and earnestness to our prayers, to avert the wrath of God, and to obtain all the great and precious promises He has made to us in Jesus Christ. Types of Fasts in the Bible In the Bible, the most common fast lasts for one day, from sun up to sun down. It involves refraining from all food, but not from water. Most people in good health can do this fast with water, but those with problematic health conditions who are pregnant or are taking any kind of medication should check with their physicians first. A variation of this fast runs for 24 hours or more without food, but involves drinking plenty of water. Examples of three-day and seven-day fasts are found in the Bible. Determining the length of time to fast like this depends on circumstances and the Spirit's leading. Another fast, which is more intense in nature, lasts for up to three days and involves foregoing both food and water, as with Paul, Acts 9, 1-19. This type of fast appears to be reserved for especially difficult and challenging situations.
It is wise to check with your doctor before undertaking such a fast, especially if you have issues with heart, blood pressure, kidneys, or diabetes. Less intense, but of longer duration, is a partial fast, a reduction in the amount of food eaten each day and possibly a modification of what is consumed. This first appears in the life of Daniel, who observed a partial fast that lasted for 21 days. For unspecified reasons, perhaps for reasons of state, he could not abstain from all food and improvised by observing a partial fast, during which he writes, I ate no delicacies, no meat or wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for the full three weeks. Daniel 10, 2-3 Moses, Elijah, and Jesus observed 40-day fasts. In the case of Moses, he took no food or water during two successive fasts of 40 days, with no eating between them. This was clearly done by supernatural enablement, as human beings cannot live 80 days without food. 30 to 40 days is the maximum, according to medical professionals. And normally, people can live only three or four days without water, and in any case, no more than a week. Elijah's fast seems to have been of supernatural enablement as well. Jesus ate no food, but apparently did drink water in his 40-day fast. This type of fast is possible for people in good health, but should be undertaken only if clearly directed by God and confirmed by a mature, godly pastor or elder and a physician. Practical Suggestions